I developed PCOS and a lot of hormonal issues and gut issues and my mood wasn't great and my energy was low and I wasn't sleeping well and I started connecting the dots. Oh mm. gosh, it's you're really not treating your body very well. I don't know if balance exists, but I want to say I'm all about boundaries. Mm. So I understand my life does not have a lot of balance at this point. Running your own business, there's very... But boundaries allow for some balance. Don't feel alone with your fears. If you're feeling it... Everyone else 100,000 women are feeling it. Yes. <laughs> and that's where, where social media can be so... I mean, there's so many great accounts out there now, I think, that mm. show the good and the bad. Yeah. But I definitely wake up with those same fears and doubts. Honestly, like my hardest, most challenging times have led me to this point. Life is full of good and really, really hard moments. And mm. you need both to live your absolute best life. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. I feel very lucky to have connected with today's amazing guest very early on in the Matcha Maiden journey and to have gone from Insta friends to a real life mutual love fest in the process. As one of the pioneering leaders of the wellness world, starting out before Instagram was even a thing, Jess Sapel has built her personal blog into a multifaceted, booming business, changing the lives of hundreds of thousands of members of her highly engaged, loyal and nurturing JS Health community. Jess was just 14 when she developed an eating disorder as she grappled with her new environment after moving from South Africa to Australia. And I'm so grateful for how openly she shares her struggles and the process of healing in this episode. Having been confronted with how far she had strayed from looking after herself during her studies in health science at Macquarie and later in nutritional medicine, Jess has since devoted herself to helping others nurture positive relationships with nutrition, exercise and themselves, and has now written several books, developed an eight-week transformative program, has an incredible app, has built a huge hugely successful range of JS Health vitamins and continues to innovate to help us be our best selves. Her honesty and self-awareness is incredibly refreshing and I have long since admired Jess as a role model, businesswoman and huge supporter of other women in business. It was such a pleasure to spend this hour with her and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, beautiful Jess. Hi, beautiful Sarah. Welcome to Melbourne. Thank you. I absolutely love the city. It's so much fun. What are you doing here? (laughs) oh my gosh I had like four meetings yesterday that was boring but then today today's fine because I'm seeing you and then I have the Blooms Festival so speaking to speaking events oh how exciting now you just mentioned that you're actually an introvert oh I am that surprises a lot of people I think so I'm so shy and you know I think yeah I find it harder to be in crowds and be around people so like being at a speaking event is not natural for me it's not easy for me wow and you make it seem so natural. <laughs> really? You really do. Always, yeah. <laughs> thank you. I just want to say thank you for being such a brilliant human, especially in our industry. My office full of girls and I always talk about you and like just how supportive you are and what an inspiring female founder you are. So thank you for oh being such a gosh. brilliant human being, especially in the health industry. Oh, really, really yes. love following you and love your work and we appreciate all of your support for JS Health. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. I'm so glad we're recording that. I'm like, I'm keeping this forever. <laughs> You're exactly the same. You've been such a role model for the whole time, basically, that I've been in business. And then one of the reasons why I'm, I love the industry and remain passionate about it because of everything you guys do. And I can't wait to share that with our audience. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) So I definitely want to start with your way TA, so how you got here. But the first question I ask everyone is what the most down to earth thing is about them. And I think that's mainly because in the digital world, you get to know, you know, a certain side of people, you get to know what they choose to share and and you get to know what kind of is a bit glossy on the Mm. outside. And you're really, really good at showing you know, the parts of you that aren't always polished and that aren't always glossy. You're Mm. you're one of the big role models for me in that. Uh, But just in case the audience hasn't seen that before, can you Mm. tell us something super relatable about you or super down to earth? Like right now? Yeah. Or anything. Anything. I mean, there are a few things like right now I'm really suffering with anxiety, which Mm. is something I haven't probably experienced 
um, to this degree in my life. I lost my best friend in January, so I think I have a little bit of PTSD and just going through some hard times. So I'm suffering with anxiety and I now can relate to every other female, you know, because mm -hmm. anxiety is such a big thing. So that's probably a really relatable thing I'm suffering with. Um, but a funnier thing is that I just hate shopping. <laughs> is that weird? I hate no, people always surprise. I'm not into fashion. I'm actually just not a girly girl. I, never, I don't like getting my nails done. I don't love getting my hair done. I'm not interested in makeup. It's all very bizarre. No, I'm exactly the same. Shopping is like the biggest drain. <laughs> people of my find existence. that so funny, but yeah. <laughs> but anxiety is probably the thing that you know. I can, I'm just actually more and more fascinated by it and mm. it's just such a big issue that we're facing in this day and age for my young girls out there I really am relating to to them and I think it's so important that people who are in a position of some kind of influence do talk about it and help continue yeah. that destigmatization. Yes, exactly. And I, that's exactly my best friend, you know, took her own life. And it was just, oh, I think the pressure of this world is something we really need to just talk about. And talking about it really does make it a little bit better. Mm, I you think know, it, it normalizes it It does. It, a lot. it normalizes. When you keep it all to yourself, you also, your mind, you know, builds on it and can kind of, blow it mm. blow that scenario out of control and you feel like you're the only one having those you know an mm. anxious thoughts or feelings and you're you're not alone you're really not alone absolutely I've had it quite badly now for about five years so I think pretty much since the big health breakdown that sparked matrimaiden that mm. kind of I don't know what it did it awakened a really severe form of anxiety that I've still have now and I've had to do a lot to be able to manage it and understand mm. it and when I first started having like big panic attacks or really anxious periods, there was not a lot of information about mm. about it and not a lot of other people that make you feel like it's normal. Yeah. And because we're perfectionists and A-types, yeah. you're kind of like, what's wrong with me? Like totally. there's something wrong with my brain. Whereas now that it's becoming a little bit more talked about, there's a lot more support out there and people are feeling less like they need to hide it. Yes. It's really actually helps. something that you think is manageable. It's I think like, what you said is so powerful. Like you just need to normalize these things a little bit more. Mm. It's the stigma attached and you just don't want to feel alienated by it. Yeah. That really does worsen, worsen the anxiety itself. Yeah, totally. And then you're anxious about trying to not be anxious yes, and exactly. it's just this vicious cycle. Totally, totally, totally. <laughs> All right. So the first segment is called Way TA, which is just how you got to the position that you're in today. And I think it's often easy to you know, think that it's an overnight success and that people get to a, a life of yay really easily, <laughs> but it always takes mm. years and years of experimenting and often a huge amount of challenge to get there. Yeah. So take us back to young Jess, like very, mm. very young Jess. Were you cool at school? Did you have an awkward teenage phase? Did you always <laughs> know what you wanted to do back then? Well, I actually immigrated from South Africa to Australia when I was 13. So 13. I had like kind of, I feel like I had two separate childhoods, you know, wow. I had my time in South Africa and then my time in Australia. I, I mean, my my friends were really cool. <laughs> I actually really like maybe I would have you would say that I was part of the cool group, but I I am not cool. I am definitely not cool. I'm like a bit I'm honestly a bit socially awkward. As I said, I'm shy, I'm introverted, and I also didn't have the best self-esteem yeah. growing up. So but I had cool friends. Yeah, so you were cool by association. <laughs> I, had cool friends. I had cool friends. Yeah. What was school like in South Africa? And how did that oh, differ yeah, when amazing. you moved here? Well, you know, there were feelings on of unsafety for sure, being, living in Johannesburg. That's mm -hmm. why we moved, because of the crime. So I think there was a little bit of, you know, I could feel the fear, but unbelievable. I mean, best, best, best. I think the, the South African people are pretty special. And I had, I have like beautiful childhood memories. We had a, we actually grew up, a lot of the year I grew up on the beach. <gasps> In a oh, yeah, so, so that was beautiful. a big part of my childhood and very, very grateful and fortunate. And as you may know, I actually was brought up in a really healthy home, mm. which is very rare all those years ago. Your mum's a yoga teacher. My mom and my sister are yeah. trained yoga teachers. And um, oh, my mum's been like cooking healthy food my whole life. So I had a really beautiful, wholesome, healthy childhood. Yeah. And things started getting tricky for me when I became a teenager, for sure. But, you know, the immigration might have had a big effect on I was going to say, yeah. I think the timing was around that age of totally. like you moved at, what, 13? Yes. And then very quickly after that discovered dieting at and around 14 yeah, I'd say the eating an eating disorder started was probably um, a reaction to such change yeah and yeah the eating disorder was my way of kind of controlling yeah. the anxiety of moving countries and having to make new friends but it's a very as, I, as you, were, you were saying like honestly like my hardest most challenging times have led me to this point mm. they really have and I was talking about that when I turned 30 the other week like Life is full of good 
and really, really hard moments. And mm. you need both to live your absolute best life. And that's what I've come to mm, at absolutely. this point. Yeah. I, I've almost become like a discomfort junkie because I know that's when the the good stuff is happening you're not no. if you're comfortable you're, you're probably not growing much yeah and it's, um, it's more and it's, it's gonna it's gonna be good at the end of it something something always good c- comes at the end of these hard hard challenges mm, absolutely. and yes you definitely grow and learn so much well you're you've had an incredible journey through you know starting at dieting at 14 uh, and then that pattern of restricting eating turning into intense over-exercising mm. and that lasted for quite a while in your, your young times and yes. have obviously come through the other end and been able to use that experience and mm. learnings and all the things that you've uncovered through that to help other people. Yeah. But in the throes of it, what was your life like? Like It was just actually, when, you, when I think about it, it was consumed. Mm. My life was consumed by dieting and this obsession with being thin. Mm. You know, it really, really was. When I think back to being 13, 14, 15, the restriction and deprivation around food completely took over. And as you were just saying, over-exercising often comes hand in hand with that. Mm. So just obsession. I am obviously a, a perfectionist in my nature. <laughs> and yeah. it comes it comes out in your relationship with food. I had low self-esteem. So I was latching onto these fad diets as a form of control. Being on a diet makes you feel like you're more in control for some reason. Obviously, it's, it's not actual real control. And it gives you also a false sense of confidence. Um, so, so, oh gosh, it was just a really... I just lost myself. That's the worst and saddest part is that I felt so, if I think back to how I was, I felt so disconnected from myself Mm. and my own body. And I was treating myself so badly. Like it actually can often, when I talk about it, it can bring me to tears with how I actually treated my body as a young teenage girl. And it's obviously normal and we Mm. all go through these phases, but really now as a nutritionist now, thank God I have a much better relationship with food and my body. I just feel so sad that I had to go through that time. So yeah, I was stuck in a really vicious cycle of restriction and deprivation around food, trying every single fad diet. You can like <laughs> literally name a fad diet and I'm telling you I've tried it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, you just lose yourself. You lose, you just get governed by these really anxious and fearful thoughts around food. And mm. as I was saying, being obsessed with being skinny and mm. that's before hello, social media did not exist you know, when I was 13, 14. So that's before, thank gosh. I mean, it would be so much harder. These, I really am so passionate about teenage girls because I can't imagine the pressure that they're feeling. I think, I don't even know where I discovered fad diets. It was, was probably the ask, celebrity. Yeah. I think it was those celebrity trashy magazines, to be honest. Mm. The celebrity is doing, <laughs> who will, you know, whatever. yeah, his fa- is doing the whatever, the lemon juice diet. <laughs> and I would just try it. And, you know, yeah. that, that's the thing about these diets is they do give you this kind of, um, they give you these promises. Yeah. And as a young teenage girl, you latch onto them. They promise you the body of your dreams. And mm. it just gives you that confidence that you're kind of seeking. But yeah. It's interesting that even in such a health conscious family as well, it wasn't well, even something that you were around. That, that is what is so interesting because honestly, my mom has such a beautiful, wholesome, balanced relationship with food and that's how I was brought up honestly like we had beautiful wholesome food in our house Mm. my mom only made um, really nourishing foods for us there really wasn't a lot of junk in the house but we were in in no way were we deprived so if I went to a birthday party or it was Friday night we were absolutely allowed to treat ourselves to anything indulge nothing was off limits so it's really interesting to me always that I did develop this very toxic relationship with food in my body I think a lot of it was just my lack of I guess, self-worth and self-esteem through my teenagehood, which worsened things for me. Mm. But I did have a few not like distant family um, members commenting a lot on weight and food. And that's why I always say to parents, please, if you can, avoid commenting too much on a child's changing body shape or eating habits because I did have a lot of commenting. Mm. And I think that might have worsened things for me. And played into your mind about, yeah, gosh, it's such a a hard cycle. And it's interesting that it does often come not from, I mean, eventually it's about the skinniness, but often it's about control. It's not related to the food or the exercise to start with. Yeah, because being on a diet, as I was saying, makes you feel like you're more in control. Mm, It really does. You're, You're cutting out all these food groups and you actually go on a bit of a high. Yeah. You know, when you're on a diet, it gives you this like big surge of, oh, I'm in achievement control. Achievement. That's yeah. the word. It's achievement. Yeah. Um, and really, this went on for like 10 years. Goodness. Constant bad dieting. I was even starting my Bachelor of Health at Macquarie Uni. And I just yeah. like, I just know I was still very much stuck in my fad diet 
time because I was sitting in my lectures with my can of tuna and Diet Coke. I mean, I was living on Diet Coke, cans of tuna, artificial sweeteners, low-fat jelly. I will never forget when I first got my license, I was in the car park at school, quickly gobbling down my diet jelly and diet yogurt for breakfast every oh, single Jess. morning. So sad. Look where I <laughs> Not very day as hell. No. Not very day as hell. So, yeah, I mean... It was tough. It was really, really tough. And I'm I'm quite surprised that I was able to transition out of this fad diet or to becoming this whole food balanced eater. But obviously it was I, I came back to what I was taught growing yeah. up. I came back to what I knew and what was in my bones and in my blood. It's so interesting, I think, that because it is such a compulsion and a vicious cycle that I always wonder, you know, knowing people who do come out of it, what did break that cycle? Mm. What did pull you out of it enough to give you? Because you lose all perspective. Yeah, you do. And I think every woman goes through it to some degree, maybe not yes. as extreme as that, but we all have a phase of like extreme mm-hmm. control and experimentation with body image and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But something has to click for you to save you from yourself. Yeah. I and mean, some people never get there. Totally. But, well, well, that's actually a really good point I want to say. I often say to when I was practicing as a nutritionist, I used to say to my patients who were suffering, please know this might never go away. You know, if you've, ha- if you've suffered with an eating disorder or a, a negative relationship with food, I don't think it's a wise idea to have the expectation that you're going to be a hundred percent healed mm. and that's what I tell the JS health community all the time this may stay with you a little bit for life it does you know for me I would say you know thank gosh 80 percent of the time I think I have a really positive relationship with food in my body but I absolutely still have triggers I think it will always be a little bit with me mm. so really it's about having the tools in your box just to manage it and deal with it kindly and gently please don't have the expectation to be a hundred percent healed mm. the pressure that comes with that honestly backfires we have enough pressure on us as women so if you are struggling with your relationship with food please just understand that it might not be especially in this day and age it might never ever 100% go away but you just want to aim to have really great strategy or ways to manage it with kindness so I think think that is so important kindness yeah being kinder to yourself and just knowing that it's actually a journey. Mm. There is there's no end no, there's destination no end, of no. like I'm healed. But I think that's the same as any kind of chronic thing. Like yeah. even anxiety is the same. Totally. I'm not ever going Don't. to aim for having no anxiety because it's just not you know necessarily how your brain is wired. Or it's, yes. there are some problems that will be under management. For totally. the rest of your life, it's just whether you can manage. And don't them you or not. find like fighting those thoughts makes it worse? So much. When worse. I allow, my, when I give myself permission, okay, you're struggling with anxiety this week, or okay, when I travel, often my my body image can worsen. So okay, I'm traveling. Here goes the negative body image for a couple of days. Like I kind of ex- I let myself go through those lows. I let myself have those feelings. When I resist them, it worsens. Yeah. In my mind, so yeah. I just am like, oh, here I am traveling. Okay. It's just I know the pattern Mm. and so giving myself permission to actually go through that journey, go through that ride of having negative thoughts really does actually relieve it. And then the minute I give myself permission, it seems to soften. The thoughts seem to soften. They seem to quiet down a little bit more. Whereas when I resist them and say, say, don't have those thoughts, don't have the negative body image, you better be perfect, you're you're running a Jay's health community, you you can't have negative thoughts. They, They just like worsen, they really exacerbate. It's like telling a child no. Yeah. They're just going to go, okay, yeah. I'm going to do it. <laughs> but I was in therapy. I really want to say I was in therapy for 10 years. Yeah. So I was seeing a psychotherapist and really a psychotherapy is helping you to understand why. Yeah. Why have I developed such a toxic relationship with food in my body? Why was I so obsessed with the number on the scale? How did I wake up every morning and let the number on the scale determine my self-worth? Honestly, Sarah, that was what happened. I would yeah. wake up and weigh myself and... If I was happy with the number, I was happy with myself. If I wasn't, my whole day would be derailed. My whole day, my mood, my eating habits, everything. How could I let just a number be such a defining moment for me? Mm. So why, why, where, what what had gone wrong? Why had I lost myself? And so that's what is so powerful about therapy is just understanding why. And it really helps you develop a kinder relationship with yourself and gives you just that sense of awareness. And I always say just being more aware really is a big, big part of the healthy life in every single way. Being more aware of your eating habits, being more aware of when you're stressed, when you're anxious, when you're And your triggers. And knowing your triggers, 100%. And I started really understanding my triggers and I started also really nourishing my relationship with myself through therapy and building, I guess, just building my self-esteem. And But honestly, I was studying a Bachelor of Health and then I went to study nutrition yeah. and that's when things started to shift for me. My mentality around food and my body started changing. I actually had panic attacks in my lectures because oh my I was realizing 
how badly I was treating my body. Here I was in my lectures learning about the powerful healing nature of food. And I was sitting with my Diet Coke and can <laughs> and of tuna, tuna and fake tan <laughs> and every toxic and cortisol levels through the roof and learning about how cortisol is so, you know, cortisol management and so important. I developed PCOS and hormo- really a lot of hormonal issues and gut issues and my mood wasn't great and my energy was low and I wasn't sleeping well. And I started making all this, I started connecting the dots. Oh mm. gosh, it's, you're really not treating a body very well. I used to literally have panic attacks in my lectures realizing oh my how badly I was treating myself. So I really think a combination of therapy, my nutrition studies and meeting Dean <laughs> really were. Your savior. <laughs> he, he's just like, he, he just made me remember who you are outside of those he just yeah he really you know he reminded me of who I am and what I'm worth he really just gave me that little bit the extra love I think I was just craving at that time and mm. I I don't like to say it too much because we shouldn't rely on anyone else yeah, to but fill to fill us inside but um I also think there are times in love your for life me. Yeah. where you need that little boost yes. and you might not then need it forever I mean now I'm sure that you yeah. have self-worth without depending 100% on Dean's approval. But at the time you were Mm. very depleted and that's when you need to be able to let go of your pride and and accept help and and love from others. Unconditional love, which I hadn't, which he he showed me what unconditional love looked like. And then I started giving that to myself. You know, my my love for myself was conditional. It was if I was eating perfectly, if my weight was perfect, if I was exercising twice a day, that was what my love for myself was based on. And Dean just loved me unconditionally. He didn't care. Oh, he's such a sweetheart. He really is. He's the best, absolutely the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So I think, you know, a lot of people in the Way TA segment talk about kind of what they thought they wanted to be when they were older, Mm. how that's different from what they ended up being. But I can see for you that that time of your life was not very much consumed by the future. It was just in the now what yes. you could control. And I wonder, do you think that you went into your Bachelor of Health Science and then into nutritional medicine? Because of that obsession? Yeah, almost because you wanted to continue it, but it, it ended up converting you in a way that you probably didn't expect. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I do think it was actually interesting, a combination of both, because if you, when I was 12 or 13, my grandmother, this is what my grandmother did, by the way, my grandmother, when I was growing up was, this is my, my picture of her. I'd go to her house and she was sipping her lemon water. I mean, this is 20... <laughs> 30 years, you know, 25 years ago, sipping her lemon water, eating her papaya, taking her tray of vitamins, meditating, practicing yoga, and then hiking. I mean, this is what I grew up with as a role model. And so my grandmother, when I was 13, took me away for my birthday. Oh, for the health retreat? To a yoga yoga health retreat. And what happened was, so this is, this is, I guess, I wonder, I think the eating disorder had probably begun in some small way. So probably was influenced, but... I remember being really young at 12, 13 um, and going to this lecture by a nutritionist at this yoga health retreat. And I literally turned to my grandmother and I said, oh my gosh, I want to be that. I want to be a nutritionist. So I, I was absolutely sure of it from the age of 13. I wanted wow. to be a nutritionist. Yeah. And then I went through a period of wanting to be a psychologist and I studied psychology for a year and then I transitioned. Wow. Because okay. I realized, oh, I don't know if I can yeah. take on, like, I'm too <laughs> much of, of worms. <laughs> I'm just too much of a, like an emotionally, I'm just too emotionally connected to people. And I just thought, I don't know if I can really manage my feelings. So, but I, was, I would say since 13, I've known I wanted to be a nutritionist. And my, my, my biggest dream in the world was to be just a, damn good nutritionist in private practice I could think of nothing better than walking into my clinic and honestly say you know I'm not practicing anymore but when Mm -hmm. I think of some of the best days of my career it's when I had patients walking into my little private practice a tiny little room I'd pull out their file there was like I don't think social media had just begun at that time and I would pull out their file and I'd sit across from these females and I would connect with them. And I miss that because there's only so much you can connect with through social media. Yeah. But I had face-to-face time and I really could deeply connect to these females and what they were going through. And that was the start of Jay's Health. That's what I started blogging about. I oh, could see wow. I could see what women were struggling with and, yeah. I, and I could relate to it. And I just started talking about it. I mean, that's what the blog was about. I started talking about what us women are dealing with. And mm. I just, yeah, that's that some of the best days of my career but I, I knew I wanted to be a nutritionist from a very young age that's so interesting that you, yeah you ended up back on the path anyway yeah. that you sort of always thought you'd end up at. maybe not for the reasons initially that yeah. you knew but that you've ended up that's been your purpose which I think is it was a so combination exciting. because I think I also had been brought up in such a beautiful wholesome home mm. that there was a big part of me that also saw that balance like like being a nutritionist could be something 
incredible, like despite having that toxic relationship with food, you know, mm -hmm. I did still have that balanced upbringing. Yeah, I think it was a combination of the eating disorder, but also my childhood mm. that really inspired me to want to study health and nutrition. So by the time you went into private practice at the beginning of your career and the blog was just starting at that time, mm. had you come out of like how far along in your therapy were you at that time were you still oh, quite deep I think I already like five years oh okay. I, start, I think I, I started um being in therapy at like 16 or 17. And just from a practical standpoint for anyone who's listening who has a friend or a family member or even themselves who are still very much stuck in that cycle it's so hard for for anyone to tell you if you what need. you need to do. That's and what I was going to say. Like therapy is not for everyone. My mom is a therapist. So I've been brought up in this family that's like therapy, therapy, therapy. It's very normalized in my family. Yeah. But I'm not saying that therapy is for everyone. I also think there are other amazing ways to take care of yourself and heal your relationship with yourself. You know, there's such incredible, I mean, even meditation, mm. practicing yoga, you know, time with yourself. There are little things you can do. I guess what was helpful for me is just to know the whys and yeah. why I developed such a, you know, tough why I had lost myself through this time or why I developed this toxic relationship with myself it helped me to know why oh, I'm and a it, huge fan of yeah. therapy I think it's I'm I yeah. always but have I mean it therapy. is not fair I think it is important to say that no one can tell you yeah what you to. should and shouldn't do and how to what, what your journey looks like is totally different to what mine will look like how would you encourage someone to even consider therapy like even one step back I I think therapy for most things is going to help people with a level of self-awareness even mm. if they're not in it for very long it can mm. usually tweak the self-awareness piece, which is the key to sort of everything. But how do you encourage someone in the throes of that control to mm. break the cycle enough to even consider going? You know, how, what made you go? go? Yeah, or even think that you needed to repair your relationship with I, yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, it was getting to that point of, I would say, verging on quite a serious eating disorder at around 15, 16. Like my, I really wanted to go away with one of my really good friends on a holiday with her family and my parents actually wouldn't let me go because they were so worried that I wouldn't eat properly. Yeah, and okay. at that time, I mean, my, my parents were like, you just need to deal with this. So I was actually seeing a nutritionist. Um, so that's the thing I want to say, I mean, as a nutritionist myself, is when you're struggling with something, it's a holistic picture. You want to be nourishing yourself with nutrition, lifestyle and the emotion, the mm. emotional factor is so important so I was doing pretty much every, I, and that's what I always encourage like just throw everything it's not at just, it <laughs> it's not just nutrition though like yeah. I'm, a, I'm here as a nutritionist telling you it's not just about what you eat it's managing your emotions it's managing your stress it's altering your lifestyle and it's actually slowing down and taking care of yourself so for so many years you didn't you didn't think that there was a need to change. And then yeah. at one point you woke up and went, I need to repair my relationship mm. with myself. But how would you help, you know, a friend mm. who was going through that? I think there's still so much stigma attached. Yeah. And I think like even when I often say I've been in therapy, the Jay's Health community are like, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Okay, maybe I should try it because I just do still feel there's stigma attached to it. Do yeah. you agree? Oh, absolutely. I think people are still ashamed to say, like I, I'm in therapy now and mm. I'm a little bit ashamed to set not ashamed but I'm not I'm not telling You're a bit everyone hesitant. I'm hesitant yeah. I'm I am too I've, I have been for like five years yeah every week totally yeah I mean I actually had a break up until recently when my best friend passed away I thought you know it's really a good time to take care of myself but I think to to t I think what I want to tell the girls out there is that there is nothing wrong in fact it's the opposite it's you're, it's an absolute act of self-love. It's oh, the exact yeah. it's and self-respect. It's as important as, as eating your greens or your Jay's health meal. Like it's just another part of the healthy life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, managing your emotions, like, and and being more self-aware. And exactly, you don't have to be in therapy for as long as we have for years. Like, you might, <laughs> we're just extra crazy. <laughs> you, you might just want to go and just yeah, a few sessions can just make you a bit more self-aware and more connected to understanding the why. I just think we all have very complicated brains that are so overloaded that who mm. wouldn't need a little bit of help untangling think, it all? You well, know? I think what you just—I think what we're needing more and more in this day and age with social media, the pressure we're feeling as females, is support. Mm. I think we need more support. It's as simple as that. We need to support each other more as females. Mm. We need to ask for support when it's needed. Um, like I'm even quite proud of myself to have said, you know, as soon as my best friend passed away. Oh, yes, Jess, you absolutely need that extra support. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the time it's easy to just push it aside. Yeah. So I think it's really important for us to really know when we need extra support and ask for it, not 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 to be afraid to ask. 
And it's to your credit that you've used that personal revelation to create a community where everyone in it does feel that level of support and, and does feel nurtured and loved. I mean, it's one of the most highly engaged and love-filled communities around in a climate where that's very, very hard yeah. to create. Every so. time, oh, I'm going to cry. Every, <laughs> time, no, every time I think about the Jay's Health community, like I literally ask, you can ask Dean, I burst into tears oh. because they're in my heart. Like yeah. they are, they are, they were such a big part of my therapy yeah. They really they are they are still part of my therapy. They're still part of my journey. They are they are everything to me. They are the reason why Jay's health is still alive and they are the most important part of Jay's health. Mm. You know, of course. Um, and they also help me to connect to what females or women especially are really going through in this day and age and I and supporting them is honestly um, a treat. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's, it shows that you are treat. such a delight and have created nice. such an incredible world for all of us to be in. And it's even more inspiring and exciting, I think, to know that you can literally get off to a very rocky start and still mm. end up flourishing and finding who you are. And then on top of that, being able to help like hundreds and thousands of women that you do on a daily basis. So mm. tell us how that journey, you know, came from coming out of recovery yeah. to then starting a blog that I think was on private to begin with. And yeah. then it was Dean who encouraged you to go public and then just it went going viral from then. <laughs> now you've had like two books, you've stopped private practice, you've got an app, you've got the vitamins that have just come out. Like it's just JS Health world domination. <laughs> no. I mean, it was just so, it was honestly quite an accident. But I was studying the Bachelor of Health and then I went to study nutritional medicine. And in my, I think it was in my fourth year of study, that's when I started just blogging about this transition because I was starting to, I don't like to, I don't love to use the word heal, but I was starting to transition out of being this fad dieter to becoming more of a whole food balanced eater through my nutrition studies. And I just started documenting it like mm. in a normal journal. And I think my sister, who was studying fashion at the time, she had started a fashion blog and she was sitting with me at the kitchen table. And she's like, you should just talk about nutrition. And, and I was always like creating recipes at home and I loved cooking for my friends. And mm. so I started also kind of experimenting with healthy recipes. And my sister was like, just look how easy this is. She helped me create, it was called, you know, blogspot.com. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> she like, it was one random, honestly, it was like a Sunday. We had a family lunch. She was sitting, creating her fashion blog. She's like, just, just start the one. best. Like start one. It's just for yourself. Like do it for yourself. It's a really, at that time, blogs were more about documenting your own journey. I feel like, yeah, like they, a weren't, journal. they weren't like a big thing. It was more like for yourself, like to have like a collage of photos that inspire you and yeah. little, I don't know, little, I had a travel one that was when I was yeah. traveling so my family could like read it and I didn't have to individually yeah. email each person. But maybe like there was something in me that was just like desperate to talk. Like there was, it was almost like as soon as I had that platform, I just started writing yeah. and I started just being, I was so, oh my gosh, I was so vulnerable. I was just talking about my relationship with food and how, and and I, I guess I've never really been afraid to talk about my challenges. Mm. I've been, I've been, I think my mom has taught my sisters and I, that it's to okay open. to be vulnerable. We're yeah. very, we're very much, we've been given permission to be vulnerable. Through. Which is amazing. Yes. That's a big hurdle for, I think, most women. Totally. And that's also why she's always encouraged therapy. My mom, just be vulnerable. So, and then that's when I started documenting this transition. I was talking about my nutrition studies. I would be so embarrassed to see what the hell I was doing. <laughs> Do you about. ever look oh back gosh. at it? <laughs> I think I have like a couple of years ago, but it's like a little bit, it's quite hard to just... I actually should do that. I should totally look back. But I just really it was on private for, I think, what was it, like five or six months? It was mm. just my own blog, my own diary. It's and like then, an outlet for you. And I was time. in my fourth year of study, so I still had two more years to go of my nutrition studies. And I knew for sure I wanted to finish my nutrition studies and go straight into private practice, as I was telling you before. That was my absolute dream, and mm. maybe it still is, <laughs> to be in private really? practice. Yes. Wow. Yeah, totally. Well, that was one of my next questions is why did you leave that and yeah. would you go back to it? And was it just because the blog had taken off so big and yeah. so fast that you had to? Yeah, like was it, was, it a necessity thing? It was a have to yeah. at, at that point. But I, I was in private practice for like two years. So I went and I mean, I did so much work experience. I went to um, practice with another nutritionist for a couple of months. Then I went to a, a cool, um, like, integrative health space called Health called Health Space um, in Sydney. I'm oh, the Sydney one, yeah. I worked health there as one of my right. first jobs. I worked with an integrative doctor in his practice for a couple of months. So I had like two years of private practice, and I 
freaking loved it. <laughs> so what would happen was I'd see like four patients a day, four or five patients a day. And then at night and the weekends, I'd blog. Wow. It was so cool. But I remember it was just so funny. Like an in, I remember so clearly like in between patients, I'd like quickly go to the blog and like check how many people were like, because I started getting these crazy views. At that time, I don't think there was Instagram, it was just Facebook. Yeah, it was 2012 right yeah so yeah so I was like I was like how are these people I remember the first time I launched the blog there was like 20,000 views and but then I was like what like where did people even how did they find it how did they even find it and like I think what clicked for me was like oh wow because what happened was Dean took a look at the blog after five months of writing in it privately and said Jess he's just smart in this way he's like I think what you're saying is quite powerful. I think you need to share this. And that's when, so I made the blog live in the fourth year of study. And that's kind of when I got all these crazy views coming to the blog and then I was practicing at the same time. So I never, I promise you this, I never for one second imagined that the blog would be anything. Like it was just this creative outlet on the side. I was so excited to see that people were relating to my story and my journey. That was it. I promise you now there was yeah. not any more dream than that. And well, I, I was think like, that's ah, why well, it went so well because well, you did write not was, to be commercial oh, or not to so be. So authentic. And yeah. the truth is at that time, the health industry was not big. It was very good timing for me. There was one other person, I think it was like Sarah Wilson from Michael Sugar. They really, it wasn't a big space at that time. It yeah. really was not a big space. So I entered the health, I guess the health industry at quite a good time. But yeah, what I liked it for was I, it, I think it helped me get some patience. Right. So I used the blog as a really great platform because I advertised my clinic. Yeah on the blog. Oh so gosh, I thought it was just this great. <laughs> I, I can't imagine you in a clinic. I know, I just love it. I think I really, when I'm a mom one day. You'll go back. I hope so. Wow. I really hope so. So how did the transition out of practice work? I mean, how? Yeah, it was just this like, it was It was just at that point where the blog was just making, the blog was my, becoming my main form of income. Wow. Um, and I, and I, the thing about being a nutritionist, um, I really took it seriously. Like you can't, support a patient and not be and I, what happened is I started traveling a lot for the blog or getting these great um, work opportunities and you have to be there for your patients yeah. you can't just be like I'm headed off overseas yeah, like, they really rely on you for a period of time and yeah. I want to be there for them that's what my job was and I was feeling I didn't want to feel like I was letting them down I actually I think I, I I finished the practice before I ever had that feeling of oh gosh am I letting people down yeah I really saw like I could see I could see that it was time and Dean, you know, it was just like, I guess, yeah, a bit of a, and I also could see that I could reach more, maybe, maybe I could reach more people and it was, it was fun and it was exciting and it, I definitely couldn't do both. Yeah. So I had to make a decision. Yeah. I had to make a decision. Oh yeah. my gosh. How exciting. So, I mean, you went from what, I think it was 500,000 revenue in the first financial year or one of the second or third and now it's you know over five million dean is the ceo is he yeah, the, CEO? Is the ceo yeah uh, yeah i was about to ask you know kind of what is your role day to day now mm. that it's grown so big but just listening before you were saying you don't know any of the figures i don't <laughs> I know, know any I of heard, the figures <laughs> I, I saw all those articles come out in the sydney morning herald like i honestly <laughs> don't i'm not you can ask anyone like my family members, I'm not attached to the numbers of the business at all. I'm much more concerned about the community growth. Yeah. Am I building the Jay's Health community? They are my absolute heart. They're the core of my focus. I'm the creative. So every creative aspect of Jay's Health, I am. I'm Across. the creative director. So I, yeah. you know, with app development, the vitamins, I create all the vitamins. I'm completely in charge of my social media. So the whole creative aspect of the business, the books, is all the recipes, of course, is all have a lot of support and I have an amazing team. But I'm, but you, I'm those I, ideas I think come what from I'm, you? I think what my strength is, is also just, yeah, knowing what my community want. I'm completely connected to them. I speak to every single one of them on DM all day. Yeah. They tell me what they want. Every single product has been created for them, 100%. But yeah, Dean's the CEO. I'm so lucky because he is completely in charge of the numbers and the finance of the business. Obviously, I'm, I'm aware that the business is growing and that's so <laughs> exciting because I can't create another vitamin if. The business it's is not, not growing. Well. Yeah. So I have an idea of where we're at and I love to know we're growing as long as we're going, pushing forward. And I think what I love and what I am quite good at is seeing I, I'm good at the long-term vision of the company. Dean often says, like, you just know, I think I know where I want it to be. Um, and you're but good I'm at not, driving it if to I was get there. If I was connected to the numbers, honestly, so I think all my creativity and my passion and my, my pure intention to care about the community would in some way be decreased because you can't yeah. focus on both. The minute I ever have focused on numbers for a second, oh my gosh, like 
how did the vitamins go today? Like yeah. the minute I'm, up, I, I, I get connected to the numbers, I lose focus on what matters. Yeah. And so I need to, I need to be separate from that part of the business. I think that's very freeing for any, you know, female business owners who are listening is that we kind of, you feel like you have to do everything. You feel like to mm. be a big, a good businesswoman that you need to engage with the financials and you need to be able to hold your ground in the meetings. And I've had that pressure for a long time. You know, mm. I was a corporate lawyer. I should mm. know about the figures, but it's not my strength. It's not my joy. It's not what I love. I, I'm surprised. I'm actually a little bit because to me you're just this like incredible businesswoman. Oh my god, not at all. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so shocked. So like, I would think that you are like the businesswoman. Like, I would have thought know, that about you. Oh, would you? Yeah. yeah. No, just because you're so like you're so like I I'm just not like also in, I'm not good with numbers. Like I can't, <laughs> maths was literally my weaker subject. Like I you know but you obviously it's so great that you've been able to connect to that too. Yeah, I just. I just I feel like in the last year I finally let go of because mm. I'd say oh I'm not across the books and people would be like oh but you're a businesswoman like you need to know every day yes, what's happening and no. so I thought that I had to do that and oh. I did a lot of work and I think it exactly the same my focus on the bit that is my strength which is product developments yeah or the podcast or, or all the the good stuff I didn't yeah. do because I was like wasting time on the numbers whereas Nick loves the numbers okay, I'm sure yeah. he's the dean yeah, and he's like totally. that's his jam and I'm like why, why overlap why have both of us doing this I think I think that yeah the power of delegation right yeah I, I'm quite good at it I'm and giving yourself permission yeah you know we kind of think oh am I not being a good business person because I yeah. don't do everything or because yeah. I'm not across everything but I think no just play to your strengths I 100% agree agree 100% agree 100%, <laughs> 100%. so how is it working together honestly really good I must say like I, I don't want to be like I don't want to paint this perfect picture because of course we have really hard moments and it lasts but the good thing is they last for like maybe one to two minutes yeah like we'll have this <laughs> like the girls in the office will laugh because they'll see like this little like this exchange of words like why wasn't that done blah, blah, blah. you know like something silly and it will last for a minute or two we don't you know what a really great thing I can say about us is we don't hold on to it for very long we understand this is a pressurizing situation we put ourselves in mm. Dean left his job he was running a tech company he's he's still a silent partner but he came into this it's a big risk what we're doing we're, young, we're a relatively young couple we want to have a family one day like we put everything we have into jay's health it's pressure it's high stress and i'm not going to pretend that it's super it's easy it's pretty it's not and so we have challenging moments when we go on holiday together it's in, almost impossible to switch off mm. the stress and pressure is there but actually what helps us is just to be accept that like we know like melbourne this whole four days we are working literally like the whole weekend we're working nine to five if we were going to resist that and get angry at that and why don't we have more time for ourselves? Why can't we have our week? You know, we just accept. Enjoy We've it. made a choice. We've made a choice to have a, I think when you have your own business, you don't have that much choice. You have it's 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 almost it's everything. It's your full life. It becomes it consumes. It you. does consume you. It really does. And you have to be. I think if anyone out there is w wanting to start their own business, I, I completely encourage it. I think it's the best thing, but you have to accept it does take over. But yeah. we do make sure that we nourish our relationship. So I have, I don't know if you've heard me say, but I have quite strict social media and work yeah. boundaries. So I switch off. So we work till about 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. most nights. And that's it then. So eight from 8 till 10 till we go to bed. It is very much about Dean and I. We go for a walk every single evening together after Aww. work. We do little things, you know. like. But it counts. It adds up. Saturday nights sometimes we will just say no to social arrangements and we just want to be together so we do definitely um we don't push the relationship yeah completely aside because of work do you know it's so funny I remember you saying that 7 p.m thing maybe three <laughs> years ago when we were speaking at something I, I can't even remember oh, yeah. but that changed everything for me really I'm so, so glad to hear that like I honestly remember that moment being like well if Jess can do it <laughs> then I can do it like and have you noticed how much it helps with energy and sleep it and has calm? changed everything and and uh, like individually for both of us but also together as oh, a couple I'm so glad. but you just need someone to tell you it's okay well, this is what I want to say is like I don't know if balance exists but I want to say I'm all about boundaries mm. so I understand my life does not have a lot of balance at this point running your own business there's very but boundaries allow for some balance yeah so if I have that boundary of okay 8 p.m I switch everything off I can just have that little bit of balance or if I say I'm going to go on holiday in the first three days I'm not going to work that's a boundary or if I'm going to say I'm not checking social media as I wake up in the morning which is one of my other very strict practices I don't check any anything until after my healthy morning routine 
it's a boundary and it allows for a little bit of balance and calm. And I'm start, then I get to start my day on a, on a much more positive, calm note. So I think what I want to say is don't strive for balance, strive for boundaries. You know, I think oh, that's, that's the only so way. That's so valuable. That's the only way these days. Such a level-headed, self-aware human being. You oh, inspire no, no, me no. so much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would not say that. So that pretty much leads really nicely into this next segment, which is called NATA, which is pretty much – we've covered a lot of it, actually, but just the challenges that get in the way of you finding your ultimate joy. Yeah. So obviously we've talked about you know anything that's like an eating disorder or any kind of experience that you go through. Trauma and grief also yeah. can trigger anxiety and all that kind of thing. But even just down to the very basic – point of self-doubt like I think that's one of the major themes that I find almost everyone highlights Mm. as their biggest challenge along the way especially when you're out on your own and you're Mm. doing things that have never been done before is that that definitely scary I think definitely I'm not like the most confident human being I sometimes Mm. wish I was more confident because um, with running your own business I find that's something that's quite valuable just to be very sure and I'm not a sure I'm not sure because I am in quite an interesting space that hasn't often been done before. And, you know, the health industry is relatively new in, in some ways. So I I often wish I had much more. I'm not like a overly confident, yes, this, it must be this way. Mm. Sometimes I w- wish I had more self-confidence. Um, but, yeah, there is definitely self-doubt. I mean, we just launched another freaking vitamin. And I'm like, how is this going to sell? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and like you just think, oh, gosh, was that a mistake? You just doubt. You do. You go, you wake up every, like, you wake up and you just doubt everything. Like, I just want to say, I think when you look at social media and social media, people with social media flo- followings or bloggers, you think, oh, they have no self-doubt. They just go for it. Yeah. They just think, oh, I must be ki-. Like, they just, ha- they wake up with, like, thinking that everything's good. Yeah. Because I've got a social media following. Like, no, we. I wake up with the same fears that every other female wakes up with and s- same amount of self-doubt. Just, be, I just don't think for me personally, having a social media following or having a profile, it hasn't in any way... I guess the only thing, I, the community have given me a lot of support mm. and that's helped and they are there for me and we are so loyal to one another. But I don't think, I definitely still have a lot a lot of days of self-doubt. I think that's so reassuring to hear because it's so natural. It's like yeah. as long as you can master it, again, like your triggers, it's never going to go away. I always yeah. try and tell people self-doubt is not something that disappears. It's something mm. that you learn to master. Definitely. You learn to see it as like a sign that you you care. I think totally. the minute you don't have self-doubt, you're too confident. I agree. A little bit. Yeah, too you comfortable. Need a, yeah, you need a little bit. And I also, I think also I've always, I've got fears as well. Yeah. You know, I think... I look at people on social media and I think, oh gosh, they just don't worry. They don't have any, mm. they must have like, they probably don't have the same fears that I have. Mm. Like I have, one of the fears I have at the moment is how will I be a good mom? I think that all the time, <laughs> all the time, which is why <laughs> I'm like children fear? are a while away and because I, I at, wouldn't be a good mom Totally, right and I look at all these like, this is the problem with social media. I look yeah. at all these like, you know, <laughs> the mums, yummy mummies, these, oh, these moms <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, the energy that they have. How am I going to be able to do that, especially with running a business? Like I do have that fear and that fear, I don't think, I feel alone with that fear. Yeah. That's what I say. So don't feel alone with your fears. If you're feeling it, everyone 100,000 women are feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, and that's where, where social media can be so, I mean, there's so many great accounts out there now, I think, that mm. show the good and the bad. Yeah. But I definitely wake up with those same fears and doubts. Yeah. Well, it's so good for everyone listening to know that even the most successful, level-headed, balanced people still do compare yeah. themselves all oh, the yeah, time. Totally. And we know that we're only comparing to highlights, but we still do it. We still. It's just, it's like, just it's almost like a natural yeah. Yeah, reaction. <laughs> totally. So then having created such a beautiful community that almost do rely on you so heavily day-to-day for their well-being... Do you find the pressure then? Yes, just I definitely enormous? feel pressure. I yeah. definitely. I think my one of the, I think even the fact that I'm struggling with anxiety now, or sometimes I go through periods of not sleeping well. It all comes down to one emotion that's not spoken about enough, which is pressure. Yeah, I definitely feel pressure, and I and it's also very much who I am. I've been like yeah. that since I was a little girl. I've always felt pressure to perform and be my best. Um, but when you have a profile, when you have a community, I want to be. I want to give them my best. And that comes with pressure, you know. I, I care. I genuinely, genuinely care. And when you, ge- I'm sure you can completely relate to this with all the mm. things that you have going on in your community. You care about them, yeah. And so, just the pressure is natural. So, for me, it's really about how do I manage those feelings of pressure, yeah. So I can feel them building, yeah. 
Like there was probably a couple of weeks ago I could feel the pressure building and that's my moment to say the whole weekend I'm off social media. I'm not touching my emails. I need to spend more time in nature. I need time with my family. I need time with Dean. You know, you've just got to know when you feel that pressure coming and you just got to know it's time to take a step back yeah. from it because the pressure often for me also comes when I'm in the midst of the hustle. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> in the throes of it and I don't give myself space. I think that's a little... That's something I think us women are just craving more of space and time, mm. space and time. And then that's when the pressure seems to settle a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, when and you, you get don't perspective as well. You realize that what you thought was oh. important and what you were worried about. It's like, who cares? Space and time allows for perspective. That's yeah. the best thing you ever said. Definitely. <laughs> no, for me, because that's what, it is. that's what I just realized what happens for me is when I'm having those feelings of pressure, pressure, pressuring times, when I give, my spell, when I give myself that space and that time, perspective arrives. And when you have perspective, everything settles down. Totally. The anxieties calm down. So yeah, that's a that's exactly. Oh, oh, thank you. Know, yeah. I'm in my therapy Life session for the made. week. Here's my therapy session. <laughs> Luckily, I have it. <laughs> have you found that burnout then has been something that's hard to manage as well because mm. of that pressure to be productive? And I know that you know it sounds as though you you're very good now at putting boundaries mm. in place and and realizing what you need early. But I also find sometimes I just don't get it right. I you miss the out. signs or I do burn out. Even now, even with all the revelations I've had and all the therapy, sometimes I'm like, how am I here? How yes, did I do this? Totally. I think you know what's interesting. I'm quite proud of myself because I don't. In the last five years, I haven't come to a point of complete and utter burnout. That's because, amazing. Well, because I will, I, I've, because maybe I've been in therapy, I've, I've caught myself just before. Yeah. No, I've definitely, I could definitely have just been about to. Yeah. But then I catch myself before. And I have to say, I do have a lot of support around me. You know, yeah. I have, I live in the same, almost the same street as my parents. Oh. And so, and <laughs> Dean's parents are around. Like, I just, I'm so great. I'm so, so fortunate in that way because the, they can, they can see the minute I'm starting to feel like this is all too much. And Dean is so incredible in that way. He is not that CEO husband who says, got to keep going, got to keep pushing. He's that husband that says, Jess, take a break. Take four days off. Yeah. Take that time. You need it. You deserve it. It's okay. Nothing's going to happen. I think that's another big scary thing is you think that when you take time off, like everything's going to go away. Oh, totally. Always. I'm like, it's going to die. My, the, how's my work going to continue? Yeah, I'll be basically unemployed with no work and destitute oh on my the street. God, <laughs> I'll be there a bum. Go. She's speaking the fears out of my mind. Yeah. But honestly, I'll be a hobo, literally. But guess what? You come back and you're better at it. Always. Better. You're better at your job when you take a break. So all those females listening out there, give yourself permission to take that rest and that break because guess what? It's going to be better for everything. I mean, I just took a break now for my 30th and I've come back and I'm so much clearer and I'm so much more excited and the joy is there. You know, the minute the joy starts to dissipate and I'm like, Ugh, like yeah. I'm not inspired, it's my moment to know, uh-oh, burnout's space. coming, yeah. something, this is not good and then I take a few steps back. I always find that the best ideas I've ever had always come after rest. They never come after working hard. They come after working hard on myself. Totally. And then I come back and I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. Oh, my God. But if Can I we just talk about this for a minute? Oh, absolutely. You are honestly exceptionally talented at this and that's why i dm yes. you no but you there's some oh. people who just ask the right questions and you're so I'm, i wish you all the success oh thank you so much no you are like you were i feel like you were just born to do this like oh, this is a, you, a calling for you and i can see it brings you so much joy and i absolutely wish you so much success with this podcast oh, you totally deserve you. it thank you so much i really do find that it just brings me joy beyond anything mm. else that I could ever be doing it's because of these stories because of the things you get to chat about and the people you get to sit down with and spend time with and know I know I can feel in my body how much people will benefit from oh, hearing totally. you talk about this stuff no, so I'm openly. obsessed I like love listening to your podcast really. <laughs> well it's now just... you can listen to yourself <laughs> no ways <laughs> hell no hell no I will it not. is such an honor to have you on honestly thank you. you've been a role model for me for many years now so oh, thanks, oh this is such a love fest guys this is heaven like can we keep let's just cancel the event I know <laughs> just time it's just us time what? I love it this is my therapy <laughs> so the very last section is my favorite. It's called Play TA. And mm. this is where you separate all the achievement, all the productivity, the output, where always, you know, the pressure is to give output, to create content, to make mm. people feel good. And especially if you're a nurturer and you feel this 
you know, pressure towards your community in a positive way that they love you so much and they get so much from what you do that you want to deliver. It's so hard to keep a piece of yourself that's not related to that, that's mm. not a, a doer. I've been thinking about that lately. That's true. Yeah. And what I do think, I do with that? Am I okay without all this? Yeah. And, and who question. are you without all this? That's the question. I think we lose sight of it and forget to ask ourselves. So, mm. you know, particularly for people who haven't even found a job that makes them yay like us, mm. some people are so far removed from it that they literally don't even know what they enjoy at all, which mm. is what I was at the firm. People would say, what mm. would you do if you didn't do law? And I didn't even, I knew I didn't want to be there but I had no idea what I liked Mm. so what do you do for yourself if you do anything that is for Jess who's not doing things not achieving things or learning things Mm. is there anything you do that has no output that's just for your joy mm, that's such a great question and I mean even not for well-being because I feel like that's still a result that's still an output you're still trying to heal or or to to rest or whatever what are the things you do literally just for the sake like for shits and giggles (laughs) is it like I don't know like for me when I finish work like I just just spending time with myself like going Mm. for a walk in nature and like okay just watching my favorite tv show or just you watch tv all day long oh so good I love (laughs) it I would like tv is my favorite thing and I just I love it and I'm just like watching my favorite just sitting there and like just laughing at an amazing tv show I mean what do you being, Spending time with my family and my sisters. Oh, we're watching um, Blacklist at the moment. Oh, my God. I love, do you love it? that You would. Show. You would love it. You <gasps> would. Because you know how so many wellness people are like, yeah. I don't even have a television. But you know what's really funny is working mums. <laughs> have you seen that on Netflix? It no. Is, oh, my gosh. I'm not a mum yet, but I can totally relate. It's just like yeah. how 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 well, how hilarious it is to be a working mum and have a child. Like They just bring light and and comic to how hard it is to a situation how that's really tough. So I, I really recommend that. It's <laughs> oh, so I've been I uh, Dean it. has been laughing at me laughing because I'll what happens is I'll finish work, and it's just like this hour of I just giggle, <laughs> I just giggle like a little. And he's like, "You're so cute. How are you giggling?" Because it's yeah. I mean, what do I? I mean, it's so important. I Even guess, just TV. I think that's. I think I just permission. watch TV and I, like what I'll do often is I'll. Okay, this is what I do. Okay. After a really big week. (laughs) Guess what I do? I I stay in PJs the whole of Saturday, like morning and afternoon. (gasps) I just like won't get out. I won't do a a midgen of exercise. Oh my God. I will just laze. I'm a lazy. I'm a sloth. People literally, they give me sloth books and like sloth toys. (laughs) Oh my God. I would not. Oh my God. I did not think that about you. Me either. I literally thought you'd be like, I don't watch TV. I meditate. I read. No. Right? I'm naturally so lazy. But that's why people think. My ultimate, okay, this would be my ultimate weekend with Dean. Stay in PJs. Yeah. Sounds like a little bit depressing, but it's actually just joyful. No, this is already making me excited. Stay in PJs, <laughs> make like a Jay's Health breakfast, like a, like sleep in, make a Jay's Health lunch, <laughs> watch some more on TV. Like the teriyaki sloth- salmon, no, everybody. No exercise, yeah. just like slothing and lazing around. Maybe a massage. Maybe. Not even. Like sometimes I'm just like. Don't leave the Those house. simple things of just, Yeah. Staying at home in PJs. I love and, and, that you and let yourself do that. I do. I really, really do. There's not mm. a lot of guilt. There is a lot of guilt with resting during work the work week. Same. Totally. Weekend, I've managed to kind of – I didn't used to, but I've quarantined it a little bit in my brain. I think I read a post yeah. yesterday. Yes. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I was like, lately, we've been giving ourselves permission to have a weekend. Yeah. And, on as I mean, lots of people out there who run their own businesses or even – not run their own businesses. Yeah. You, you just don't give yourself permission to have a weekend. Yeah, I am like that's life, been life changing for me too. Yeah, two extremes. I'm either like go 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 high achieving, blah 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 blah, all the things, or I'm <laughs> we're like Aries. Yeah, or and we just figured out that we're both Aries. Yeah, oh, it's not easy like being an Aries. Person. We on it's how hard is it being an Aries? It's really tough, but it's kind of awesome. <laughs> no, it is. We're very. We're just you know we're just very ambitious, I guess. But the sloth helps me be so much better during the week. If oh, I sloth totally. on the weekends, oh. the next week is like amazing. We should amazing. make a thing, sloth weekends. <gasps> Sarah and yes. Jess, sloth oh, weekends. We, we should, should do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sloth it out with you. Oh, my God. Okay, next time I come <laughs> we'll to Sydney, let's plan a more, sloth let's weekend. Let's do it. Oh, my God. That'd be so good. <laughs> we'll People start a movement. To, that would be hilarious. Oh I really want to do that. I think it's so important. I think even for moms, like I feel bad for the moms out there who have children and it's oh. busy on the weekends, but sometimes children like to rest, so sloth it out with them. Yes, yeah, sloth you know, when it they, together. Family sloth. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to implement that when I have a child. I feel like, or now, you have a business baby. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. We're going to do that though. Yeah. 
yeah. Oh my god, like it's actually gonna be we're gonna sloth do, Sunday. We're gonna not self care Sunday. Sloth Sunday. <laughs> oh my god, I think that's genius. Yeah, that's because so self care is really hard. I really it's hard I know, but to like, look after of, yourself. Well, there's a lot of pressure that comes with self care. That word. Yeah, it's like meditation. Sometimes I actually think I've been. I've sometimes said it on social media. The word self care or self love, and I just feel like at this point a of knob. the health industry, <laughs> I, yes, I feel. Well, I feel there's too much pressure that comes with that. It's totally. Like, it's now this. It's like it reminds me of this like perfect print like person who's sitting at the top of a mountain meditating oh yeah and I'm just not at that place of calm (laughs) (laughs) there's like three words that I really don't like authentic okay um self-care and um what's the other one and and and, yeah authentic self-care slash self-love and um influencer like all three of them have gone from meaning what they mean to having these weird connotations Influenza with is just the worst. Isn't it the worst? Well, I Sorry. kind of feel like self-love's becoming that, even though I use it all the time because it's a perfect descriptor. Oh, gosh. I know. <laughs> I'm a little bit I mean? bored it's of been... these words too. Yeah. I, you have to be careful because, yeah, there's just so much. I think people bandy them around the wrong way yeah, and then it just becomes like a tough thing. It's overdone now. Yeah. It's so overdone. It's overdone. <laughs> so what about keeping yourself in shape? So I know that I've been so guilty of this myself. We move into wellness businesses and our own wellness goes to the bottom of the mm. list. So how do you look after yourself in terms of food, exercise? Like you're all probably always recipe testing and it's yeah. sometimes connected to work. How much sleep do you get? Mm. Like what is your body's optimum? Yeah. You know, how many times do you exercise a week? All that, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I definitely, definitely do prioritize taking care of myself, I will say. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm definitely, no, but I'm <laughs> self-care, <laughs> hashtag self-care. But I'm I'm not as good as, it, as, as I used to be. I often, like lately in the last couple of months when the business has grown, I've actually said to myself, wow, this has definitely taken a downhill. <laughs> like I literally have that thought. I'm like, wow, you used to like have a proper morning routine. Now, sounds gross. Like sometimes I just don't even have, like I just feel like... <laughs> The ne- like I, I feel like when the app was launched, yeah. I did not have time to get out of my pajamas that morning. I was yeah. on the floor on my office for 48 hours straight. <gasps> I did not eat one healthy thing. My, my <laughs> mom like dropped us some food. I just, I just have, I've noticed that, you know, when you're building a business, it do- definitely can easily go out of the window. But I definitely, definitely do. I think for me, what's quite powerful is the small acts of taking care of myself. So for example, waking up and I probably only these days have half an hour Mm. to just do something nourishing. Mm -hmm. So that might be a yoga class. I try and do that three times a week and might be just a stroll in my neighborhood in nature. Um, I definitely always, you know, for me, honestly, eating healthy food is just a very, very automatic part of my life now, obviously, because it's my work, but also I need the energy. Mm. I need energy for my work. I'm sure you feel the same. You, Absolutely. If I'm not going to eat well, I'm going to feel tired and I'm not going to sleep well. And I actually just need energy. So I eat to feel myself. So the eating thing is, and also Jay's Health really was created to help make healthy eating accessible and easy and I keep it so simple people would be surprised I think when they see your fancy recipe Instagram account they think oh gosh it's but so approachable I just I easy. want I just I don't have time either and thank god it's actually <laughs> been a blessing because the busier Jay's health has become as a business the more I can relate to you know the general population who just don't have time it's I'm so grateful for it because I don't I finish work at 7 seven thirty these days I have 20 minutes maybe to get dinner together so I'm like okay that's gonna be a Jay's health <laughs> recipe, recipe because yeah. I don't have time and and I actually was able to whip that up in 20 minutes. So I practice yoga three times a week. I have a half an hour morning routine that really gives me a divine start to the day. And then the same thing at, the, at night when I switch off, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. I have this like two hours of Jess and Dean time or Jess time. Yeah. So I think that it's very important for me to have a little thing in the morning and a little thing at night. And they're little. They're not these big things of taking care of myself. I mm. eat, I do eat well most of the time, but I absolutely, a big part of my philosophy is like indulging and I love to drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> of course, don't you? Do you drink wine? Well, I didn't drink for seven years. Yeah. Or maybe six years well, yeah, because I, I had the um, that whole adrenal fatigue crash when Matcha first started, my body was just too sensitive. Mm. So I'd literally yeah. just go into a decline. So I just stopped drinking and then I never missed it. And now? But before my 30th, I was like, I think I want to have a toast, you know, at, oh, at my 30th. And champagne? I, yeah. And I, so I started last year just reintegrating a, a drink here and there to see if my body could handle it. And I was so unhealthy then and I'm so strong now. Yeah. And it was fine. I was oh. like, you know when sometimes you need a bright line rule mm. and then you don't reevaluate it just out of habit? But yeah. I was like, wait, I don't need those rules anymore. Oh. I'm healthy. You know, I'm fine. So I cool. don't so have you, a parasite anymore. And you anymore. didn't have like a hangover. You don't have hangover. Totally fine. So what's fine. your drink of choice? Um, 
Um, well, I haven't rediscovered it yet now. It's not been long enough. We went okay. to a winery the other day and we did oh, a, a wine tour, which was like the first tasting mm. I'd done in like literally six years. No, I, I love no wine. Idea. And I actually think it's quite healthy. I like mulled wine. I'm mm. really Red into wine, like, like Christmas wine. It's got such beautiful polyphenols. I feel mm. like it's just... It's antioxidants. Yeah, I, I just love it. I think it just feels intuitively feels good. Yeah. But yeah, love wine. But obviously moderation. Yes. <laughs> but I can't. Like the thing is, with also I'm sure you have found when you're um, building your business, you don't have the time to be hungover. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Which is part no. of why I never went back to it. Because I was yeah, like... You're too busy. I just don't even have a minute to be Tired. not 100% or not as much awake as I can be. Totally. And it would, it made me so sick. I'd be sick for like four oh, yeah. days. So I was like, I think it's also just, just the quality. Like if mm. I have a really bad quality red wine, I notice that there's probably more sulfites in it. And Well, that's what I'm oh. allergic to, sulfites. Mm, okay, so, no, no red wine for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with some. I don't know okay, what the difference is. But I'm some like, I have higher, yeah. Because all red wine I think has naturally has sulfites mm. in it, but then some have added. Yeah, yeah. it's so interesting. Anyway, second last question, just to finish up, what are three interesting things about you that don't usually come up in conversation? Huh. Like just weird little quirks, pet peeves. Well, one of them would be that I absolutely never go shopping. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. <laughs> like I never, you will never, I don't think I, I've never, I haven't had a shopping day in years. I just go in and out. I'm like, I know what I need. I'm not just, I'm not, I don't browse. I, don't, like, I never I literally browse. just now, lately, I've just been doing Zara, like oh, online, yeah. same day shipping, because I just need clothes for work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a good boss. Really? No. You don't think you are? No, I really don't think I'm good. I'm That's too, so interesting. I care too much. I'm t- probably too nice. I'm too, I'm too yeah. soft for it. I I'm just, very soft. I don't like, well. I don't like telling people what to do mm. and bossing people around. It's not in my nature, but they when need, people need it sometimes. Well, when they you're want running guidance. a business, you don't really have a choice. Yeah. I mean, I'm so grateful because I have an incredible team and they're so respectful. So I don't need to that much, but I've had periods when I was first was growing JSL and um we had some staff members and it just was not good because I just I I didn't know how to be a boss Mm. so yeah definitely I'm not good at being a boss (laughs) (laughs) I think they would agree my my team oh really (laughs) I think they would I mean they think I mean I know the good thing is I know I do often you're aware of it I'm aware of it and Dean really is helps manages the team and he's better at it than I am and I'm actually I'm I'm an independent worker yeah I'm a I'm I guess I miss being, I think I need more time to be creative and write. And when I'm in my office, I get on my own, I get a lot done. Mm. What's another third thing? Do you have a middle name? Yeah. Do you speak any, oh. Oh, I, don't, I can't do the, I can't say causa, but do you no, speak No, I it? don't wish. <laughs> there is something about South Africa that I probably, is interesting. Did mm. you speak it when you were young? No. We were, yeah, so I was taught Afrikaans, oh. but I've completely lost it, unfortunately. Totally, totally lost it. I think. I think also I have two younger sisters, oh. and I am a hundred percent the baby. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like I am. Like they are so much stronger and more independent. Really? And like, I'm like, yeah. I think. I mean, they wouldn't. Maybe I think so. Yeah. I think I'm like the, the little one. I'm like the baby, in <laughs> and I'm meant to be the oldest. Um, oh, and very last question, since I love quotes so much, what's your favourite motivational quote? Oh, that's so much pressure. But I, I love what you just gave. Remember, you just yeah, this a good one, the little quote. Book. I mean, one thing I always say is my, my mom has always said she goes, "No hard work gets unnoticed." That's such a good one because you feel when you're slugging and you're building, and you just you're like, "What for?" You sometimes don't see the result. You don't. I remember in the first um, couple of years of my career building Jay's Health, you know, for me, it didn't really matter because um, I wasn't so focused on the business side of things. But I just remember feeling like, what is all this hard work? You know, you have periods of thinking, what is all this hard work for? Yeah. Why am I killing why myself I, every day? <laughs> and then it really does not go unnoticed. Absolutely. It really, really. So this is the quote that I got from your amazing, what do you call it? The, oh, the little flip book. The flip book. <laughs> but it was, is it the the, the, the it's a Yeah, yeah. So the it's the Seize the Yay flip book. <gasps> I love it. Quote of the day. I'm putting it on my this, desk. Oh, yeah. Oh, because you always do the quote. Yeah. It started from me doing the quote of the day and then I was like, yeah. I want to write them all down somewhere. And I then I just it. got uh, making them different colors just for myself. And then it. I was like, I might as well print it. <laughs> I'm going to put this on my desk. But yes. this was the one I liked. Sometimes good things fall apart so better things can fall together. I love that one. Because I think all the all the hardest times in my life have brought me some of the best times absolutely but we expect it to all go perfectly yeah it doesn't <laughs> it's not easy it's not meant to be easy yeah 
Oh, thank you so much. This was absolutely amazing. Uh, I just loved hanging Such out with you. Such a great chat. I know. Best. I can't wait for Sloth Sundays. We're going to do Sloth Sundays. <laughs> the community should tell us if they want more Sloth Sundays. Yes, we should do a poll. Let's do a poll. We'll okay. do a poll after this. You should vote, guys. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a delight darling. to be with you today. You too. I never wanted this hour to end. Jess is such a delight and I could have chatted for hours. What do you all think of Sloth Sundays? I'm pretty sure we should make it an actual thing. So stay tuned for a poll where you can vote. <laughs> I'll pop links to all Jess's J health resources and the vitamin range in the show notes for you as usual and if you're enjoying yourself please take a screenshot right now while you're listening to share and recommend cca to a friend and don't forget to tag both jess and i so we know what you think hope you all have an amazing easter break and get some time off to seize your yay